Four Quarters Podcast is brought to you by Cesspool Network, a network of tantalizing podcasts. On the last episode, I spoke with Jack about a bunch of stuff, including the playoffs and what we thought was going to happen. And at that time, the Raptors were still facing Milwaukee, which now we know they beat the Bucks in six games. So it's more about the way in which the Raptors did it. Now, for me, watching those games and watching that last game, it's it's given me a little more faith in Toronto. Now, if they weren't facing the Warriors, I, I would I would give Toronto the edge for whatever team they they'd be poised to face next. But Golden State is is just a brick wall. A gigantic brick wall, a basketball brick wall. They have shooters everywhere, defense is swarming. The only downside is that they are missing arguably their best player in Kevin Durant, who is out with injury right now, which there's pretty much, he's been ruled out for game one. And at this point, recording on Wednesday night, just keeping that in mind. And the biggest thing that I see happening in this this playoffs between Golden State in Toronto is Toronto being able to keep that same tenacity on defense that they that they've had throughout the playoffs and having that translate to stops at the three-point line at the basket easy baskets and transition against a, a very swift and quick Golden State team that doesn't really get into half-court sets and pushes the tempo and, and makes threes instead of open layups in transition I think that's the biggest thing for Toronto, and obviously, you know, any fancy, well-educated, respected veteran basketball analyzer will tell you that to beat Golden State, you have to stop threes from raining down on you. I'm not telling you anything new here, but if Steph Curry is hitting 11 threes per game, that's when you lose. If you're getting additional firepower from Splash Brother number two, Clay Thompson, if he happens to pour in four or five three-pointers a game, then you, you have a huge, huge problem on your hands and you're finding yourself down by more than 10 points at least. I'd also like to see Kyle Lowry be an all-star. I've expressed this before in terms of how I feel about what type of player Kyle Lowry is and his knack of disappearing in clutch moments, especially in the playoffs, he has to show up because he is going to be guarding Steph Curry. And Steph is most likely going to be guarding him. He's going to be expected to deliver as much offense for this team that he possibly can. He has to have the best playoff run or playoff performance of his career. Kyle Lowry will never, ever, ever, ever be in the finals again in his career. This is his his last shot, his only shot at being in the finals. If they lose this, I don't see him. I, they will somehow get rid of Kyle Lowry. I promise you. They can find a better point guard. Don't know what's up with Kyle Lowry. <laughs> uh, I don't know. That sounded like really harsh on this guy, but like, I just, he's been an all-star. He's, he's a multi- time all-star you got to show up you're getting you're getting paid bro like they already got rid of DeRozan that didn't work out with you two 
They brought in Kawhi. You have a bona fide superstar with you. You don't even have to play like, you know, anywhere on his level. You just have to compliment him. You have to make baskets. You have to drive to the rim, create fouls, you know, create opportunities for your teammates, find Kawhi in spots that he's comfortable in. Just do things that don't mess up the game and you'll be okay. Now for Kawhi, what can you really ask for this guy? He just has to continue to, to be the beast that he's been in these playoffs and he might have to kick it up a notch as well. Instead of averaging 30 or whatever he's averaging, he's going to have to average a little more than that just because he's he has the brunt of the scoring load on his shoulders. On the, on the flip side, if you're Golden State, all you really got to do is shut down Kawhi Leonard and you're most likely going to, I'm not going to say sweep, but you're going to make winning these games pretty easily because this is the only guy that's going to give you problems. Uh, Danny Green might go off once in a while, but I think he's... He's not the Danny Green of, of, of the San Antonio Spurs days where you have to worry about him, you know, clicking on all cylinders each night. So I think the Warriors do have to worry about Toronto getting into their half-court sets, playing a really slowed pace of basketball where Kawhi is allowed to get in his spots on the floor and, and uh, get into his ISO ISO plays or, or um, Pascal Siakam getting the ball near the free throw line and you know hitting that little that little elbow jumper or getting to the getting rebounds and and getting putbacks or you know breakaway dunks i'd say you you definitely have to worry about at least those three guys now my prediction i'm not going to stray away from what i've been saying i don't believe in toronto so um, I'd have to give it to Golden State Warriors who are currently the reigning champions of of the world in the NBA I'm not going to say that they're going to sweep Toronto. I'd give Toronto at least two games. Definitely see Toronto winning both uh, two of their home games. And if if they're able to win in Golden State, which to have a fighting chance, they're going to have to win game one in Golden State on their home floor if they have any chance of, of taking this series. But I'm definitely going to say uh, Toronto loses to Golden State in six games. I totally expect... Giannis and the Bucks to come back and be be better next year. They're a young team. They had the best record in all of basketball this season, and they're able to get where they where they got to, which is the Eastern Conference Finals, by simply playing team basketball, by playing defense, by finding Giannis in spots where he's completely comfortable in. Having pieces around Giannis that complement him, you know, and shooters like Middleton and, and Brogdon, and you have a scrappy point guard like Bledsoe who also is able to get Giannis the ball in positions where he's able to score easily. I think the reason that they lost is just inexperience. I think I've said that before, and Toronto just had veterans and had uh, guys that that have championships. And when you have a leader like Kawhi Leonard at the helm and you know, uh, his former teammate, Danny Green, and they have that chemistry. And and then you have Drake. <laughs> you got Drake behind you as well, man. Like, you can't really, there's not really too much you can do. And, um, you know, all jokes aside, though, Milwaukee's a, a young team, and they're going to figure it out. I definitely see them coming back within, you know, next year or the, or the year after that. And absolutely being able to come through the East and, and maybe make it to, to, the, to the NBA Finals. 
they barely, I mean, Toronto barely beat Milwaukee, man, in, in six games that, you know, they gave them a run for their money. So for a team that their youngest, their star player is just 24 years old, that's an amazing feat. So shout out to Giannis, shout out to the Bucks, shout out to, to the coaching staff and the head coach. It's just a hell of a, a run. And that's something that that organization should be proud of. And uh, don't let Drake get too much under your skin next time. <laughs> So outside of the NBA playoffs, something that was super interesting that uh, that Jack actually pointed out to me is that LeBron James Jr., a.k.a. Bronny Jr., uh, LeBron James' 14-year-old son, has an Instagram now. So his dad promised him that he could get an Instagram or he could he could start being active on social media this summer. And sure enough, Bronny created his own Instagram He's a uh, real underscore Bronny <laughs> right now. As of Wednesday night, Bronny has 1.6 million followers right now. He's got two photos up. He's got one photo up of himself and it's captioned. Hey, IG that was liked by over 1 million people. A subsequent photo posted to his Instagram. Well, a series of photos posted to his Instagram captioned gangway. He's he's got a group photo here. He's got a solo photo, a couple solo shots. He's got another one of him dunking the ball. This one has seven hundred thirty thousand likes. So he's got some uh, some famous some famous followers here. Bronny already had a following, man. I mean, I would always see videos of this kid being posted online. I feel like I've seen him kind of grow up. So you know, now he has a place where he can kind of just you know, go and, and post whatever he wants. I think uh, as a basketball dad, you know, LeBron James, this is a very uh, strategic move for him. And not only furthers his brand, but it continues to, to push his family's brand. After LeBron's retired, you're going to see Bronny, Bronny Jr. in the NBA. He's next up, man. So LeBron is a, a business savvy guy. And this is something that just makes sense for him. And, you know, I, I just think just Bronny being a kid, man, you definitely have to monitor what's going on and, you know, make sure he's he's safe online because there's a lot of creepos out there. But smart move, LeBron, and smart move, LeBron James Jr. That's it, guys. That's been another episode of Four Quarters Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Drew Goes In. Again, that's at Drew Goes In. You can follow Cesspool Network, which is hosting this podcast at Cesspool Network, just because we're dope and we do dope shit. And remember, the internet is young, but you are not. Peace.